Okay, so it's probably something like the 16th of uh, something. Uh, it's not August, it's September. 16th of September. I think it's, to, is it the 16th? It is. I just, I just looked up on my, my fine iPhone. We're not doing very well, considering this is our fourth attempt at starting the podcast. John has got... New, he just mumbled something about new operating equipment. I dreaded to ask, so I didn't, but I think he means on his phone. Uh, and it's all gone horribly wrong at least three times. I don't, we don't even know if this is recording. I've got two nuts in my right hand pocket. Yeah. So it's the 16th of... Yeah, uh, stop playing with your nuts while we're speaking. 16th of September. Uh, it's the Grouchy Club podcast. I'm, I'm not uh, um, uh, Kate, Kate Copstick and she's not John Fleming, but one of us is. Or both, both of us are. Yeah, I think if you're trying, going to do, do like the quick wordplay like that, John, best not to stutter. I Would you like so. to have a go at that again? No, 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 no. Anyway, um, uh, last time we did a podcast, uh, after the podcast finished, uh, she had a really interesting conversation with Ed Hobson about uh, her, her days in the Northern Working Men's Club uh, yeah. circuit. And of course, I didn't record any of it. So she's gonna, we're going to talk about this, aren't we? Well, you, you were a Northern Working Man, were you? I was, well, no, it was just... Well, um, Southern to you, because you're Scottish. Uh, when my sort of introduction to comedy... What, what, people don't want to know this. They do. Uh, my introduction to... Don't point it at me. Actually, this started with when Ed Hobson, I think, had accidentally seen a, an, a, an episode of the Wheel Tappers and Shunters Social Club, yes. Granada's show. And, and he was and, banging and on about how weird it was. He, he thought it was a surreal format. In fact, it was like, a copy of Northern Working Men's Club. Absolutely. Clubs of the perfectly normal. <laughs> it's, it's today's youth, John. Today's youth. They know nothing. They love being called they know youth, nothing. don't they? Yeah. And, it's cause, and especially now, you never know whether what you see is... Some kind of a hideous remake of some much loved, once much loved program. Please tell me that they have now finished. No, no, it's the desecrating. This is the BBC. We've gone off subject already. Tell me about the. I know, but that's all right. But so the, they must it? have finished desecrating old sitcoms. No, no, it's still got trending on. It's trending on. Really? Six, What's six, next? 60, 60, I don't know, 60 years of sitcoms. I, 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 yeah, but I don't mind if they show, I think if step, they show the sitcoms. I think Step 2 and something Do you remember up. a sitcom called It Takes a Worried Man? Certainly not, no. It not. was absolutely brilliant. Was it? Who was in Peter it? Peter Tinniswood. Oh, who was in it? Peter Tinniswood. Performed in it? Yeah. He's as far writer. as I remember. Yeah, I know. Oh, wow. Um, it was absolutely brilliant. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. What was it about? Uh, it was about a, a kind minutes. of middle-aged... Um, well, uh, what the middle? I think he must have been in his thirties. I mean, he must have been young. But anyway, I think he was kind of behaving like a, 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 a middle-aged man, and it was all life was all getting a bit much for him. And he was either divorced or not yet married. And he had a a, a girlfriend. He was just the most gentle. I, I also, because for its time, it was very, very gentle. There was no you know, <laughs> and uh, what. <laughs> my, you have to do a laugh like that. You have to clench your fists, put them together at your midriff, and waggle your elbows up and down almost like wings. Anyway, it was absolutely wonderful. But they're not making remaking any of that. They're remaking. Do you know they remake butterflies? So we're now over three minutes in. We haven't talked about working men's clubs, have we? No, think, we haven't. We were talking about the desecration title. of sitcoms. There was something else I was going to... Oh, good grief. Talk about me going off subject. There was something else I was going to... Uh, I think we ought to discuss. I uh, can't remember what. Shall we do it in mime for the listener? Uh, right, well, what I'll do is I'll talk. And, not. and no. then, But I'll be thinking about... Just in case people think I sound vague, I will be trying to remember what it was I was thinking about talking about in the back of my mind while I'm talking. See, it's multitasking. I can do that because I'm I female. I think we can all think about that. Yeah. Uh, how, how well, you, we how, had how quite you... good fun on the, what do you call it, Ask the Industry podcast. You see, she's still not talking about Northern Working Class. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we seem to speak for about three hours. 
well, I think we did about two hours. Well, well, uh, and did he edit it all down? Yeah, this is Ask the Industry uh, podcast done by uh, Simon Kane. And uh, well, earlier this year, I did I did four hours with him, and you know he's never put it out. He's, apparently, he's edited it, but he's never put it out. Uh, is that some kind of cunning stunt? Yeah, it was a pre- no, it was previous year, wasn't it? It was 2015. I did this. I'm still uh, waiting. Oh my god! So it's sitting on a shelf somewhere, waiting uh, for to be asked. I know what he's doing. He's waiting till it's out of copyright, and then he can monetize it wildly. No, I think he monetises anyway. He's waiting for me to die. Then. Does he? Does he make money out of Ask the Industry? He does somehow. I don't know how he does. Bastard! I think because I never bothered. I'll be, about I'll this. be putting in for my fee. Yeah. What do you think would be reasonable to ask for? Uh, clemency. To be fair, I did get a vodka tonic, but that was Barry Franks that bought me that. Oh well, there you go. And that was the first time I'd been to Angel Two. It's fab. No, no sighting of the Northern Working Men's Clubs then. No sighting of the Northern Working Men's. I, we'll get maybe later. No, no. Um, I'm going to have a Jaffa cake. Uh, Fiddle with me nuts. But it was, it was, I thought it was quite good. I'm a big fan of Bruce Dessau, and I'm quite a big fan of Steve as well, Steve at Chortle. Steve Bennett. Steve Bennett. You're a fan of anyone who can give you work. Well, that's true. To be fair, that's true. I don't know why I hang about with you, because I never get paid. No. 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 He can't speak, ladies and gentlemen. He's got a mouthful of Jaffa cake, and it's all clagging to the roof of his mouth. Doesn't that interfere with your rattly teeth? Also, a lot of sexism. What? But there were a lot of sexism. Where? In the Northern Working Men's Clubs. <laughs> that was the days when there was proper sexism, John. Yeah, proper they, sexism. They call this PC stuff nowadays. It was, That's not sexism. I, it was hilarious, because the first time... Uh, she had mentioned the word sex, she's off. She's off. The, I know. Uh, you know how to get me going. The first time I went into... <coughs> like a, a, it was... It was a, a miners' welfare club, I think, and or maybe it was just a one of the big working men's clubs. Get on with it. Uh, I genuinely, I thought they were joking. I thought it was hilarious because it was no sorry. Ladies can't go into the bar. You can't go into the main bar, even if they're performing. No, no, and I'm like, what? And genuinely, I thought they, they were having a laugh. I thought you were having a giraffe. Um, and I tried the I ain't no lady line no went down like a bucket of cold sick so ladies were allowed into the the lounge or the snug or something but you weren't allowed and you weren't allowed to go up to the bar and buy a drink because paying money was unladylike I don't know and you weren't allowed in the main bar and no ladies were allowed on the snooker table now, I don't mean lying or dancing. I mean, they weren't allowed to play snooker on the snooker table. Yeah, we were allowed to lie on the snooker table. No, you weren't allowed anywhere near the snooker table. And there was probably... Hold, it, hold him on. There probably a dozen other things that ladies weren't allowed to do. It was... And it, it, Golden days, eh? Well, it, it was just... You know, kind of... I, I found it funny because I was only there for an evening... To do a show. Well, what sort of year was this? Nineteen mid eighties, oh, early eighties. So you're only about ten then. Yeah, very very young. Yeah. Um, so early to mid. Yeah, it must have been eighty four. The nineteen eighties or your your mid eighties? Hilarious, John. Hilarious. Listen, I've made you a mint tea. It's got chamomile in it. it should keep us calm. But um, and, but it was just that was just normal and nobody was upset and um, and the ladies accepted it all and, and you know even although I was 
amused and then, you know, irritated if I thought about it a lot. I didn't particularly want to go into the bar. So there didn't seem to be much point in making a great hoo-ha about it over something that I didn't really want to do anyway. But it was... It, it was just... Nobody even... So and I don't necessarily think... In fact, I, I know, really. It's not a... That's not an intelligence thing. It's not a... Uh, you know, it's a class thing. Because it's a working class Oh, no, place. because the, the Pall Mall uh, clubs were all male-only members, weren't they? <coughs> and, Some and, of them and, still are. And, and then the golf club, the posh golf clubs around London, and they're, they're just men, and that, that was male-only as well, wasn't it? So, so it's not... I class, suppose, so, I suppose, so I suppose, yet again, the... Uh, the working classes, they're kind of like, whatever, you know, if the guys want to take over the bar, that's fine, yeah. sort yourselves out. Uh, and the posh end, gentlemen's clubs are perfectly okay. It's the middle classes that get antsy about, no, we'd be, we need to be allowed to do everything, go everywhere. All that, all the, all the hoo-ha. And the, even now, most feminazis are that kind of middle class. I didn't use that word. She used it. All complaints What's wrong to her. with saying middle class? Are you not allowed to say middle class? No, feminazis. We're going to get, I'm going to get a complaint. Oh, feminazis. No, but what all else would you call them, John? Uh, sweet, lovable little ladies. Bless them. I'd say that's even worse. Bless yes, them. God bless them. Yes. We're also sailing them. <laughs> even worse. But surely in, 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 in the 1980s, uh, wasn't it uh, unladylike to perform as a comedian on stage in the first place? Well, I don't think they would have thought of it as unladylike. You know, it's, not, it's just women didn't really do it. Wasn't it give the bitch a chance? But there was... You know, in in the uh, vaudeville yeah. and music hall, there was loads of funny women. Look, power, funny, funny, powerful women. Yes, I wonder why that was. And then uh... Uh, loads. Of, there were there was men, uh, women dressed up as men. There was there was uh, the saucy ones. There was the Mary Lloyds, and they were, you know, they weren't thought of as anything other than stars. They were stars. They weren't looked down on. Um, and there was nothing, oh, you shouldn't be saying that because you're a woman. They were proper, great. And, you know, the men didn't look down on them. They weren't told, oh, you can't do that, dear. You can't play there, dear. There, there was a total equality. You know, people like, you know, the Vestatillies and the Mary Lloyds and all that. Uh, they were of that type, quite edgy, and they were topping the bill. And they lot, were superstars. And a lot of them were doing, quote, unquote, filthy material. Ex- Whereas in the 1950s or something, I mean, there was no women doing filth, I don't think, 50s, 60s, until maybe Jenny and Claire won the Edinburgh Award. Yeah, but then, uh, there in America, you had... Phyllis Diller. Great, you, had, uh, you know, the Phyllis Dillers, and um, maybe a bit later on, you know, the early... Well, I suppose Joan Rivers was more like 60s and 70s. Yeah. But there was... There were a lot of... Well, there was good male-female partnerships. And there were the Phyllis Dillers, and I can't think of anybody else, but she wasn't the only one. And the Lucille Balls and all that lot were funny (coughs) and also quite upfront. They weren't exactly doing flower arranging for laughs. And Lucille Ball is seriously powerful. I mean, Desi Lou Studios. Desi Lou was Lucille Ball, not her husband. Absolutely. (laughs) So so it was there. It was just here... uh, Comedy and women had gone down another route. It had gone down the uh, Joyce Grenfell, the character stuff, the monologues, uh, and the way uh, British sitcoms were written. 
it tended to be still, you know, if you look at uh, a lot of the older sitcoms, very much, you know, woman has power behind the throne sort of thing. Even with something like Alf Garnet, she, although she was getting a lot of stick and obviously out move, she was the, he was the one that was more, fr fragile is possibly not a particularly understandable word to use about him, but all his aggression and everything was about him seeing little bits of his empire crumbling around him. And anything he said to her just bounced off her, didn't Yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. So, <coughs> of the two, yeah. she was psychologically and emotionally the, the more powerful. Um, and, and the young, the young couple, the, the daughter and the, the son-in-law, yep. were, were equal, I think, weren't they? Uh, they were. And, you know, even with Terry and June, oh the God. husband was always kind of the idiot, if you know what I mean, and the wife. So, so it just... Um, it, it went... It took, you know, a different route. And not all... And because, I suppose, because, you know, certainly um, once the big working man's club and all that... Working men's clubs took off. There was the miners' welfare circuit. There was the um, the bingo halls. Um, there was a lot of wee clubs. They were quite rough, like spit and sawdust pubs. And I suppose, like the working men's clubs, in a way, they were where a lot of these guys went to get away from the wife. You know, yeah. they wanted just to yeah. go. You know, and every culture has them. If you go to uh, certain, well, Arabic countries are maybe not necessarily the, the greatest example, but even you go to Turkey, you go to Greece, there are little cafes where it's just men. You go to Italy, there are little bars and whatnot where if a woman walks in, it's kind of like, whoa, Woman. what the cafe? Because it's like men without uh, women saying, oh, is that another pint you're having? Um, well, my, my father was a Freemason, and that wasn't because he was particularly into Freemasonry. It was because uh, in uh, Campbelltown or Aberdeen or places in Scotland, that was where men congregated. Yeah. Uh, you, you were male only there. Yeah. He wasn't sexist, but, you know, that was a little sort of little club, really. Absolutely. And, you know, women, uh, there were also not whole buildings put up for it, but there were, there were sort of, women, there was, you know, the women's guilds and... Uh, Kind of, a lot of stuff quite often around the church that was women only. But women have the have a sort of capacity to create a women's club anywhere, anytime. Like, in those days, I'm saying, but even now, with uh, stay-at-home wives, for whatever reason, or... <clears throat> In some communities, husband goes out to work. Night, you know, three days out of five, you're going to have at least three or four women round each other's house for coffee or meeting. That's a women's club. It might not be a formalised women's club, but it's just clubbing is just kind of a thing that women do. You know, there's all these jokes about they never go to the toilet on the road. That's a women's going to the toilet club. <laughs> you know, it's they just do because they always want to share their shit. Um, well, literally sometimes. Whether it's good shit or bad shit. Um, and men, if... And again, I'm not necessarily talking about these days when I know every good metrosexual is a stay-at-home fucking... 
breastfeeding husband and father. But in, uh, in communities, in countries, in, in uh, places where the men go out to work, they don't really get a chance. So they'll go to the bar after work or wherever after work. And it's, it's just more... Men are more like they have to be given... They go, it's okay for you all to congregate here because it's a men's club. Women just you can hardly stop them congregating. Uh, so it's, it's... I just think that the whole men only, <coughs> women only... was a, just the, the, a formalisation. And I honestly don't see what is wrong with... I don't think there should be a rule, you know, you can never go there, but I, there is nothing wrong with a single-sex club. Why? Why can't you just allow one lot of people to have their one thing without going on a point of principle? Have vag must be allowed everywhere. What is the point? She said... So, so, let, so, how did you get? How, how did you, a Scottish woman, get into the Northern Working Men's Club circuit? Oh, right. Well, the the way I got into comedy. The Northern English Working Men's yeah, Club. The yeah, the Northern English. The way I got into comedy was through um, sketches, sketch shows. Jimmy Logan. Uh, uh, yes, I worked with Jimmy Logan, uh, and I worked with one of his writers. Um, a guy who also wrote... The guy who created See You, Jimmy, for um, Russ Abbott is a guy called Russell Lane. He's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant writer, very funny, and a phenomenal uh, performer himself. And the first time I was actually in a show, it was a sketch comedy show called Not On Your Telly. And we toured around, and it was Russell, directed by a guy, uh, a guy called John Murta. It was... Um, John Murta? Yeah. Never heard of him. Yeah. Uh, it was really, really funny. And, and all Russell's friends were like club comics. And Russell had been a club comic. And he uh, told, tells this horrible story of how when he was quite new to the clubs, he went on new comic. And it was the standard, you know, the Malcolm Hardy... All right, it's a new boy. Uh, never seen him before. He might be good. He might be shit. Uh, please welcome to stage Russell Lane. <laughs> so Russell got on, started doing his shtick, and the the chatter got kind of louder and louder and louder. And the the uh, MC that came back on went right. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, son. Hold on, son. Hold on. Right, listen. Just want the boy. To do his comedy or just not? And he said, look, right, all right, all right, we'll have a show of hands. Emdy <laughs> that wants the boy to continue, put their hand up now. Emdy <coughs> that wants him to get off, put your hand up now. Right, there we go. The boy's going to carry on. Now, give him a chance. Right, on you go, son, on you go. <laughs> so Russell carried on. Same thing happened again. And, uh, uh, wait, 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 wait. You said you just wanted him to carry on. Right. Okay, we'll do it again. MD that wants the boy to carry on with his comedy, put your hands up now. MD that wants him to get off, put your hand up now. Right, sorry, son, you've been voted off. So he had to leave the stage, having been voted <laughs> off by the audience. And um, 
So he had all kinds of, everybody who did those clubs. There'd be somebody... Um, you never played the like, Glasgow Empire, did you? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, there was an, uh, another friend of uh, Russell's said he was um, halfway through his act when the guy comes, excuse me, excuse me, just a minute, son. Right, empty that's ordered the pie. Come and get it now. <laughs> and so you, you know, you'd get interrupted for the pies, for the raffle, because they didn't, they didn't want the pies to get cold. The pies, the raffle, anything. But it's a very honest audience, if, if you know what I mean. You're shite, or ah, you're all right. So you know, the, there was none of the the second guessing that you get now, well, that's actually funny, but it, it shouldn't be funny because it's... So we won't laugh. Not because it's not funny, but because we shouldn't be. So I... Um, I kind of hung about with them, and uh, there was people even who were... <laughs> there was a, a, a guy called um, Sandy Easton, who was a friend. He was Sheena Easton's husband who she dumped as soon as she did the big time and got famous. He was devastated. He was never the same again. Absolutely destroyed. And he was a performer. He was a performer. He was a singer. Yeah. A singer-songwriter. Beautiful song. And after, I mean, he just was devastated. Turned to drink. Terrible. Then he was clawing his way back to life. And he was doing a, a double uh, act, singing, him and a girl. And he, he called them Aries. And uh, they were getting a few of their first gigs, and I went along because I'd just been chatting with them about banter for in between the songs. So I went to this uh, working man's club where they were playing, and uh, they're there. They're quite nervous because I think I goes right, son. Uh, what's the name of the uh, what you called? What you called? Aries. What? Aries. What? Aries. Right. Okay. Okay. Fine. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Aries, and they went on as Aries actually. So Aries, and they went down quite well actually. But um, so I was very used to the the whole atmosphere of, of everywhere, and I uh, auditioned and <laughs> I got the part of the dame. In uh, shouldn't the dame be a man? Thank you, John. Well, no, surely the whole point of. I was the nearest thing they had um, in a touring production of Humpty Dumpty. It was a company called Savage and Stratton who were well known to Equity. And in fact, when I went to the auditions, the auditions were picketed by Equity because they paid far below the Equity minimum. And, oh, it was just... You had to find your own accommodation. <coughs> you had to look after your own costume. So I was the dame, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Bumble. I was Mrs. Bumble. And each, it was a, the, the bare, it could only barely minimally be called uh, uh, a pantomime. There was like four flats and a backdrop. And we had to put up everything. Four flats and a backdrop. And then there was dame, uh, like the young boy, kid's friend, who was, I forget what his name was. Then there was Sally, the principal girl. Fairy Snowflake and uh, Squire Slug. And the principal boy was a girl. And the egg. No, not in ours. Oh. None of that nonsense. <coughs> and the egg, who at the end, the egg cracked open and the prince came oh. out. Oh. So, um, Almost poetic. 
It was, and it was all done to a backing track, of course, no music. And the guy who played, oh, and we had a stage manager who did everything. So we, and we were, we were based in Sheffield. They had, tw they, they rehearsed 12 different casts in a hotel in Bournemouth. And then we all got sent out to different places in England. Doing the same panto. Doing the same panto, exactly the same panto. Every, so they just got 12 Dane costumes, 12, everything. And um, we were based in Sheffield. And then we had a van and we did one night stands. Now, the one night stands, we did a one night stand in Wales, Wrexham, working men's club. And there was none of this, oh, let's stay overnight in Wrexham, because we would have had to pay for hotels ourselves. You had to drive to Wrexham, do the show, and then drive back from Wrexham. And we were, so we did all the Barnsley and all those, we did Barnsley Working Men's Club. We did all the big um, Mecca bingo halls. They were horrendous because they did them, the pan, they got the panto in on a Saturday afternoon for kids. So you'd have 2,000 unaccompanied children in a Mecca bingo hall who'd all been given bags of sweets. And boilings. They were given boilings. And the stage of the bingo halls are low. But boiled sweets. Is that what? What, what are boilings? Boilings. They're hard sweets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Is that a Scottish word? I, I always call them boiled sweets. That's because you're wrong. Uh, um, and uh, uh, so they would just hurl them at us. So not only was it extremely painful when they hit you, and... You couldn't stop them. Oh, now my name's Mick. Well, stop that, you little fucking <laughs> bastard. Uh, so you had to kind of say what you will. The countryside is still the only place where I will settle down. Um, you couldn't stop in the middle of that and, you know, hurdle abuse at some little shit in the front row. Not only that, of course, as they ricocheted off your forehead uh, at a great rate, leaving... You know, we all ended up looking like we had the plague because we were cut, face covered in tiny bruises and red marks. So, of course, once they'd ricocheted off your forehead, they'd go on the floor. So it was a death trap, especially, you know, there were some extended dance sequences. Not really, but there were some kind of, like, uh, there was a particularly energetic uh, dance sequence to I like riding on a choo-choo-choo, which we all joined in, making a train. Death on, well, death on boilings when you're in one of them. But <clears throat> the thing that they'd done, which was really horrible, was in a lot of the working men's clubs, in the miners' welfare clubs, a lot of miners' welfare clubs up there, um, and real workers' union clubs and all that, they had sold us as the Christmas entertainment. And so that meant we went on at like 8 o'clock in the evening at a working man's club. But also doing an afternoon for kiddies. Well, the, the afternoon, the, sometimes we did the afternoon, but the, they would just sell. I don't know how they pitched these documents to the Miners' Welfare um, uh, Entertainments conveners, but we'd turn up and there'd be not a single child in the audience. They'd be like the working men and their wives and their pies and pints. And this was a, this was a panto for, like, preschool children. And you just go, well, this is just dreadful. They're going to be wildly disappointed. We're going to be wildly embarrassed. And Savage and Stratton didn't give a shit because they got paid up front. So after we'd had, the, after the first time and it all just went horribly wrong, 
I, I just used to do a bit of a warm-up, kind of stand-up-y, talk dirty. Well, in my, in my, uh, in the dame costume. the dame costume, which was great because it, because I could do it as the dame. So I was like, hey, hello, lovely, uh, cheeky, all that sort of stuff. Did you do it in Northern English accent? Of course I did it in Northern English. You can't have a Scot <laughs> doing pantomime, not doing dame. Dame had to be Northern. Squire Slug. Squire Slug. He was right posh. But he could be right posh. On account of the fact that he were baddie. Ah. But everyone, even Fairy Snowflake was Northern. Yeah. Uh, so, I would do a little now then. And then we would just kind of do it very tongue-in-cheek. And I'd do, I didn't some sort of blue jokes and whatnot, because the rest of them. Fairy Snowflake was a skater. She'd come straight off of dance, um, Ice Disney or something. Uh, the boy, the kiddie's friend boy, you know, the Buttons character, was straight out of drama school. Um, my daughter, um, daughter of whatever her name was, principal girl, was a pothead. So she was very rarely cogent at all. <laughs> Sally. Oh, it's my daughter, Sally. Come here, Sally. You used to have just lead her about the stage because she was just in a, a drug-induced haze. How did she manage her lines? Oh, very rarely. No, we just knew her lines and you'd go, um, so where have you been? I expect you've seen Fairy Snowflake, haven't you, Sally? And she'd go, yeah. yeah. <coughs> so what did she tell you, Sally? And she'd go, uh, did she tell you that Squire Slugs? Yes. So it was, that was hilarious. Uh, Squire Slug was posh. He was a real actor, so he was fairly horrified by it all. Um, Did he make this clear? Uh, he was. I was shagging him, so that was all right. Uh, and Squ uh, the 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 egg was this hilarious little guy, m much older. I mean, he must have been in his forties, and he used to say things like, "Yes, yes, I was in uh, Bridge Over the River Kwai," you know. And you go, really? Oh my God. I mean, his CV was like Hollywood movies. I was like, fuck, what did he do to end up here? I go, what did you play in the bridge over record? Why? He go, well, I was um, uh, one of the soldiers. You go, which one? Which one? And then it would turn out that he went, you know, when the bridge was demolished, you know, when you saw the wide shot and on the strut at the right-hand side, there were two men. That I was the one on the right-hand side. It was a bloody extra who was in, like, one scene. But he, all the films weren't on his TV. And that was hilarious because he was... He was a ginger. He must have been about five foot three, bearded, NPA, non-physically attractive, and, you know, as I say, about 45. So at the bit where... Humpty Dumpty gets knocked off the wall. And we're like, oh no, Humpty. And then the prince gets up from behind the wall. The bit that everyone should go exactly how you did, like, ah. They all went, ah. And the kids used to, sh you know, the, the kids were shouting out, oh, marry Squire Slug, marry, marry Squire Slug. <laughs> they just, and it was, and it was, he said, um, we go, oh, Humpty, you've changed. And you go, I am no longer Humpty Dumpty. My name is Prince David and I rule this whole kingdom. It was just horrific. So 
really the ones when we were trapped on a stage late at night being the mainstream equipment, um, uh, entertainment for uh, working men's clubs were the best because we had... It was fucking hilarious. So did you change it to a dirty version? Well, no, you didn't really need to change it, change much if you just play it for laughs. And I, I would add in a few, you know, oh, you, you know, you're any time you went, yeah, but you're a big boy now. Fucking hilarious if you've got a room full of drunk minors. And I'd constantly be, you know, doing the Les Dawson with my tits and whatnot. Um, and... Uh, just loads of because I had a bit of experience. I nobody else wanted to make eye contact with the audience, but I was lots of eye contact. You know, I think you know what I mean. Um, and it was it was it was fine. But that was, and I would do you know a little bit at the end, going oh thank you very much, um, and it was great fun. It was huge fun. It were a learning curve. It were a learning curve, and I. I think it's a shame that those those clubs have gone because they're such an honest learning place. As they were nobody, they're not judging you other than I'm a laughing, I'm a not. That's it. That is it. Um, and of course, I say, well, there weren't really any women. So in in terms of me, all you had to do, you had to go, oh. Fuck's sake, woof, hilarious. So, you know, it was easy to sort of cheat in that they, you didn't get many foul-mouthed women, certainly not dressed up in a dame's costume. So all I had to do was swear a bit, and, and that was entertaining uh, for them. But I, they don't have any agenda, really, other, I, um, other than, are you funny? And yeah, of course... If a, a really pretty woman got up, there'd be whistles and whatnot. Shows your tits, love. Um, oh, I mean, for God's sake, at the end of the Malcolm Hardy Awards, that was that was glorious. What, what happened then? At the end of the Malcolm Hardy Awards show, when um, I was introducing somebody, and there was all these rugby guys came in at the back, and they were always shouting, get your tits out. And, and that was to me. It was, and, and, you know, I just said... I. Don't think you'd want to see that. But, you know, it's, it's fun, you, you know, and people, you know, all the you know, rugby clubs and all that, I, I think it's a, it's a great way to find your way in comedy because it is, you know, so honest. Um, and you just kind of give it all you've got. I'm not necessarily suggesting getting your tits out, but... Uh, you know, you give it all you've got, and they, they, they just don't... They like honesty and comedy, and I think honesty and comedy is a fucking great thing. 